Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello listeners and welcome to a new manager special. I'm joined by Jimmy, George, Solly is back and we've also got the return of a voice that until recently some of you probably hadn't heard for a long time. Ollie's back for this one as well. We've got the view from someone who happens to be a Plymouth and a North End fan so that'll be uh, interesting. Yeah, we're obviously discussing the appointment of Ryan Lowe so enjoy. Ollie, you're back. It's good to have you with us. Special occasion. Yeah. Got to make the most of it. Jimmy, you well? Yes, I'm mate. I'm a good week. Sorry? Yeah, other than events going on down under, perfectly fine. <laughs> George, I'm coming to you last because you were 10 minutes late. How are you? Yeah, brilliant. Good. Pleasure as always. No, thanks for coming on. Thanks uh, to all of you for coming on. Yeah, like you say, Ali, it's a, it's a special occasion. We have a new man at the club. I think before we start, probably just worth mentioning Frankie and just saying thanks. Yeah, I suppose you can offer him kudos for his efforts that he's given to the club. I can imagine it's been relatively stressful being manager when you've got people constantly wanting you out of the club. But, you know, first job, he's taken it. He's had a crack. It didn't work out. Hopefully he can go on and get another job within the game. Best of luck. But, um, you know... (laughs) saying thank you to McAvoy for, for keeping his up is a, is a bizarre way to start this podcast Anyone else got anything they want to it's, say? <laughs> yeah I thoroughly enjoyed the Bournemouth game but that's uh, the amount of yeah unfortunately like it was just out of his depth to any bless him and like he's give it a go it probably isn't for him you know probably a really good guy to have around the training ground but as soon as it got to anything tactical or you know, in a game, I think he, he struggled, and it's the right decision by the club, you know, to relieve him of his duties. You know, I never like to see anyone lose a job, but you know, these things sort of have to happen because, like we said on Sunday, this squad has got potential and it just needs somebody better to get the potential out of them. Yeah, George, you were at the uh, the inaugural press conference the other day. How, uh, what's mm-hmm. your first impressions of Mr. Lowe? Fantastic, yeah. Um, Reminded me of when we were at Middlesbrough uh, recently and Chris Wilder walked in the room and it just felt so different to what we've sort of had of late and the sort of authority in every word. Um, as soon as Ryan Lowe sort of sat down and started speaking, you didn't take long to be sort of convinced. Obviously, we'll have to see performances and things, but I thought it was outstanding really for a first sort of press conference and unveiling. How, how do you feel about sort of building up a relationship with him is it something that I know you you've mentioned in the past that you felt like Alex was quite a stern character Did you get that vibe from Ryan as well yeah probably a bit more sort of uh warm towards us though made it clear he was quite 
um, keen to have us on side and sort of build a relationship with us. Um, so I think he'll be great to deal with, to be honest. Probably heard about you misreporting the players' words in uh, in your pieces. No comment. <laughs> Bloody hell, Jake. It's a joke. <laughs> brutal, you. Jim, what, what do you make of it? Pleased? Yeah, really pleased. I thought it was out of our out of our sort of reach, to be fair. Like, when we had the spaces on, was it Tuesday night lost his job, Monday night lost his job? Um, I thought, Brownlow, not a chance. Like, And then obviously it became very evident very quickly that this was the man that was on our radar. Um, I think it's a, a cracking appointment. Uh, you know, everything you hear from people from the, supported Berry, that support Plymouth, uh, nothing but good things to say about the football on show about his character that's massive for me. I think you've got to have someone that can really get the fans back on side and engage with the football club again. And, you know, the stories from Berry about, like, his time when, like, those guys went out without pay for three months and still got promoted. You know, that's unreal, really. What have I missed? Because you four are all giggling and I'm like... (laughs) Sorry, Jimmy. I made made you... um, Yeah, it's my yeah, you were Combs delivering hair. a really well-worded point and this guy decides to start combing his hair. <laughs> I don't actually know why I started combing my hair. Really. Um, oh, yeah. fucking hell. You can, you can anyway. edit that out. Dude. No, no, it's fine. I think it should stay in. Um, but yeah, the guys at Berry who said like he, he motivated that club despite all the players and coaching staff not being paid for three or four months and still got them promoted out of League 2. Um, you know, obviously did a cracking job with Plymouth on not a great budget, you know, the fact that they were getting eight, eight and a half thousand fans in at the start of his reign and he's nearly doubled the attendances in that time. You know, that deserves a lot of credit. And he's clearly just, done just something. Back to your point, sorry, Jim, just back to your point about when he was at Berry to unite a group of players, like, in that situation where they're not being paid for so long. Like, I'm not, not calling him the Messiah or anything like that, but you've got to be a special kind of person to keep those people wanting to play for you and come into work every day when they're not getting paid for doing what they're doing. 100%. I think that just is testament to the job he did there. And, you know, it was obviously sad the demise of the football club, but shows that by playing an attacking brand of football and getting that team on side, you know, he can do things. And I think it's a, it's a great opportunity for, for Ryan Lowe here to be honest I, I just think it's that step up he probably wants and, and needs and gets him back home you know he's a scouser as we're all aware from his interviews and I, I'm pretty sure he's still based in that sort of area um, don't think he moved his kids down to Plymouth bar Stephen Schumacher his assistant did so I think his aspirations long term are always to get back into the northwest. and you know it's just every word of his press conference I was like wow this guy he's a real deal isn't he you know, and I, I probably am had that sort of feeling since that first press conference of Alex Neal, and probably before that, you're probably talking the days of Billy Davis that could just really like this guy knows what knows what he's doing. Like he seems a really good motivator. Um, yeah, really impressed. And credit to the club, to be honest. You know, acting so quickly, swiftly, and to acquire a, a manager of that caliber. Yeah, fair play to everyone involved. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's something that's been on the cards for a week or so before with the the speed that it moved at. Yeah, well, what did Peter say? He, has a, he had a list in his top drawer just in yeah. case. 
yeah, words to that effect. So, you know, I, I think everyone needs one, don't they? Just in case, you know, the manager get po- gets poached or it just doesn't work out in a case like Frankie. Um, but yeah, fair play to them for acting so quickly. And I don't think it's a massive compensation fee that I've had to pay compared to what it could have been. So, yeah, good move all around. Yeah. Sorry? Yeah, really good. Um, I'm not going to claim that I've watched a great deal of Plymouth over the last couple of years, but uh, what I do know about Ryan Lowe is that I listened to his press conference and really got me going, to be honest. He's a really good speaker. They tend to be from that part of the world, Liverpool. You tend to get good speakers, real good motivators, and that's what Ryan Lowe is. Comes across a really good motivator, knows what he's talking about, knows what he wants to do, which is important. Knows his own style, his own methods, which is great. Not not entirely sure the previous manager did. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, just that sort of small clip that the club put out before I listened to the press conference um, where he spoke about the lads coming in training. That that really got me going. You know, I, I couldn't wait to get on Deepdale then. You know, uh, I was up for the game um, uh, and that was on that was on Tuesday afternoon. You know, I couldn't wait for Saturday. Uh, and that's what every sort of North End supporter wants, I presume. You know, you you want to be counting down the days until you can go on North End. And hopefully that's what Ryan Lowe will offer us. That's what he's come out and told us. So hopefully he's as good to his word. And I'm looking forward to it. He did it at Plymouth. He did it at Berry. I, I don't see why he can't continue his path and take us on our own path. Yeah, I said to you, George, earlier on, didn't I, that like my mood has like immeasurably improved since the appointment. Just the buzz around it all is just mm. like you said before, Jim, probably something that we've not felt for well, years, really. Um Ollie, what what was your take on it? I think the the thing I said to George, I think it was George I messaged is I don't think the players will be calling him Ryan to the press. I think they were all calling him Frankie and they were just getting far too comfortable. I think you can tell straight away from that six-minute interview. Um, he demands respect and, like George probably found out, he can like control a room kind of thing, um, which is similar to Alex Neal's kind of vibe, I'm guessing. Um, just very assertive and sort of polar opposites to Frankie. As much as he probably was a nice guy, you get the feeling the players didn't weren't sort of under his spell. Um, like you should be from a, from a coach. In terms of Plymouth, watched a bit of them today. Watched bits and bobs in the past. Um, like Solly says, he's got an identity. Um, and like Jimmy said, the squad isn't bad at all. I think it's been overplayed. Um, the depth issues or whatever, the quality issues. We need to, we need to improve in certain areas. There's no doubt, but there are some good players, especially the midfield. A couple of good defenders. I think it will really suit Sep. Um, so like Solly said obviously I can't go to the game on Saturday but just very excited to get a bit of freshness back and like Jimmy said probably not felt this way 2017 was it Alex Neal was appointed so more than four years Um, nice to have a bit of excitement back and I think it was much needed because I think we all heard there was only 7,000 or so fans on uh, last home game so that and the Blackburn performance probably you know nail in the coffin kind of thing. So very happy with the appointment. Nice that they've moved quickly. Obviously had it lined up and nice that they've got a man who's probably going to be in high demand, whatever happened with Plymouth this season. 
Yeah, bit of an open question to you all, but how much impact do you think his assistant Mike Marshall have in in his involvement? Obviously, he's been in the championship before. He was Steve Cooper's assistant. He's he was Brendan Rodgers' assistant at Liverpool. He's been involved in the England youth setups. He's clearly a man that knows his stuff. Um, do you think he'll be a, a sort of key component to Ryan Lowen? What ends up being his team? It's an excellent acquisition, isn't it? To go from you know what we've just had to having you know someone that's got uh, we've got two guys now with pedigrees as players, but also as coaches. You know, Mike Marsh's CV is ridiculously good. You know, England under 17s. What did they win, Ollie? Did they win something when he was there? World Cup, weren't it? Yeah, it was a World Cup. World Cup or. Yeah. So that's amazing. You know, the fact that. Was Ledson with him? Wasn't Ledson was part of it? Ledson was played under him in that England side, but I don't know if it was the team that won it. Um, Obviously, you know. The fact, it was Steve Cooper's number two. I just think it's it's a cracking acquisition for us, and he's, he's a scouser, isn't he? Like like low, you know. If you've got two happy, jovial scousers that will get the dressing room going, but also very tactically, yeah. have got it, got that bit of nous that we probably need. Yeah, that's that's a cracking partnership in my eyes. Was he with Huddersfield when they went up as well? So yeah, it's with Agnew. It's quite tasty with... I think he left in the March, but he was there for about four months. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, well, to get a coach with half a promotion on his CV, it's it's good. It's really good. uh, Really good bit of business, that. I think with a coaching staff, especially in the lower leagues, you either get a motivator or you get a tactical kind of coach. And it looks like we've got a good balance of tactical and house and sort of personality as well. Um. So I think it's it's a shrewd acquisition and obviously the contacts that he will have in gun set up. Um obviously Steve Cooper used his own in gun set up to get some really good loans in players that Alex Neal was interested in. Um so to have that kind of tactical knowledge, experience and contacts in the game. Um and I'm sure Ryan Lowe has got a lot of good contacts as well, been around for ages at, at multiple levels. So Yeah, I was gonna come on to this point probably a little bit later on, but seeing as we've kind of touched on it there. Obviously, there's been no secret made of the fact that Ryan Lowe and Steven Gerrard are long-standing friends. I think they they were the the words that have been banded about. Obviously, Mike Marsh has got clearly got loads of contacts in the game. Do you think those two contacts plus whatever else they've got plus whatever people at the club have got will see us maybe continue down the line of young loanees, the likes of Sepp and Daniel coming in? I think it can only be a good thing. Like both of them have got sort of fantastic contacts, like really sort of big names in the Premier League um, and Championship clubs as well, and in Marsh's case, the international scene as well. And them lads will sort of be what? Um, will they be sort of like twenty twenty one now? So I think the pair of them. I think it would have been a shame if Lowe came on his own, but to have someone who gets him um, and sort of come as a double act is massive for us um, I think today I've read that as well as Gerard, 
Lowe has spoke to Klopp, Rodgers, Benitez. So he just seems someone you'd want to play for as well. Someone you'd run through brick walls for. So I don't think we'll struggle at all. Um, if he can get us playing the way he wants to, attracting players, I think it'll be that people will look at us as, wow, I want to be part of that. I want to go there. So there's so many boxes it ticks. Um, obviously, talks a good game. Hopefully can transpire onto the pitch, but really exciting. Um, just tell the way the whole fans are feeling already. It's given us a lift on it and uh, can't wait for Saturday as well. Yeah, it's a great point that from George because uh, having contacts is all well and good, but I just get the impression just from that sort of, from what he's spoken about already, Ryan Lowe, is that players have been wanting to come to Preston to play under Ryan Lowe, not because he's mates with Steven Gerrard. Um, yeah, I thought that was a good point, George. Well done. Nice one. Obviously, they're at good clubs, all them, all them people as well. So, off the top of my head, Villa, I can think of sort of two or three really talented young players they've got. And like who, we George? Uh, well, I'm not going to try and pronounce his name, but the I know the who you on, mean. Yeah, the I know man on the wing, um, Chuck, Cameron Archer. Call him Chucky. Yeah, Keenan uh, Davis will be linked with no doubt. Standard. Oh yeah. But yeah, it can only be a good thing, can't it? If we decide to have a look, you'd like to think Ryan Lowe would be sort of backing himself to to bring them kind of players uh, to the club. You know, Stevie G, give us a favour, um, sort of thing. It, I mean, Villa have got a good academy, haven't they? Anyway, we, we know that with Robbo and DJ coming here, but it feels like there's a potential to go back down that road that we did back when Simon Grayson was here and, you know, Piero from United, Robbo, DJ... Um, I'm not like George. I'm not going to claim to know any any yeah. that we could target, but it, it's just like like you said. I think it, the positives are just outweigh the negatives at the minute, and it, it's just a, a completely delightful thing that's happened. You know, it, it's just the feel good factor feels like it's almost 100 percent back. Mm. Yeah, I don't think you can be too reliant on those kind of loans. Um, no. But it's just, it's just like you say, it's very good to have, you know, someone in there who knows people in in important places. I hope we do continue going down the Whiteman McCann Reese route because there, I think you mentioned it on Spaces the other night. Four million pound for those three players, and they're all quality players. Um, and there's there's no question mark about whether they improve the eleven. Never mind a squad. Um, so. As long as we've sort of moved away from signing lights of Stockley, Rafferty, Graham Burke, which we appear to have in recent months, the squad's actually all right. Um, so don't don't just get caught up in the Premier League loan things. Just keep on doing what we're doing, and I'm sure we will be doing. Yeah, if you think about when we were successful as a team, you know we had one or two high quality loans in. You know, and you could argue we've got one or two now in terms of Iverson and Set, but you. You know, we need to get to a place where we've got a core team of 12, 13 of our own, and then you can top it up that bit of quality because that's what we did in the 17, 18 season, you know, when we had Nemecha, right? Because he was quality. Like people thought he was shite at the time, but you could just tell he had the raw attributes of a player, right? And give him the ball. That was the big thing that did me with Lucas Nemecha. Like we never gave him the ball, right? Because he looked like someone who could just create something out of nothing a lot of the time. You know, that goal is like the assist for DJ's goal at Rovers, for example. There was not one other player in our team that could have done that that day. He's just, yeah, he's just got that little bit of rawness about him. And that's, to be fair, with Ryan Lowe, I thought about this before. 
you know, he was a striker that scored, what, 180-something goals in his career. Think about half strike force. You know, Maguire hasn't really hit the target for God knows how long from open play, you know, in terms of, of scoring a goal. You got Emil Reese, who's an absolute raw monster. You know, Ched's been there, done it, got a T-shirt. You probably got space to add another one in there in the January window. You know, you, and then you've got a coach now that's scored a lot of goals in professional football. Like, this is perfect for us, you know, to get the best out of our players and best out of our squad, as well as being tactically very astute as well, by all accounts. So, yeah, I, I think we will get a loan in at least one in January. Um, I'd be quite surprised if we didn't, to be honest, just to top up the quality of the squad more than anything. Yes. Yeah. Just saw the training pictures they put out before and just what you want to see in it. He's in the middle of the, the session. Um, you see the players' faces, totally engaged with it. I bet he's. I bet it's been brilliant at Exton today. I bet they've loved every minute of it. Um, but a few players have had a bit of a shock to the system. Because um, if, if you don't get on board with what this guy wants, you won't be here very long. You'll be out the door. Um, he's not going to put up with uh, he's not going to accept less than he wants um, there was a question asked about the transfer window on Tuesday and he sort of laughed and put his hand on Peter and I've never seen that sort of towards Peter it's like he's not phased by anything or anyone um, and I think he's going to create a really good environment at the club um, hopefully it can be successful Yeah, it's, January's going to be interesting to see who we manage to get rid of because I think for Two, at least two transfer windows now we've been saying you know we need to get rid of the deadwood we need to move it on and some of the deadwood is still here so you know I think January he'll have presumably made his mind up on who he wants who he doesn't want and positions that he wants to strengthen so yeah it's it's very exciting very exciting also the thing is with, with the deadwood is that that wood may become alive again with Lowe being in charge because, you know, they'll love it at training today, like George said, and, and you, you know, they'll want to be part of Ryan Lowe's plans, ultimately. So, so your players like your Harrops um, and Potts, dare I say it, you know, they'll be they'll be thinking... Um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, <laughs> you know, they might be thinking, um, let's really knuckle down here, let's try and get, get in these plans. So... Yeah, exciting. Could you just could you just repeat that line, Solly? The dead wood, wood. Yeah, I was trying to come up with. Something uh, I really good. enjoyed it. it was, well, the dead wood may may become alive. I said, but there's a better line. <laughs> alive. I'll try and come up with something. Stick, stick with that. Yeah. 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 I think it goes back to. I think I mentioned this about Josh Harrop the other night. He's the one that might benefit. Um, don't really know if he's fit or not, but. Um, players like that, players on the fringes. Sinclair's just, another one. Yeah, Sinclair's a massive one because Ryan Lowe will probably have a lot of respect for Sinclair, and I'm guessing the other way as well. Because um, Sinclair's a very good finisher, I think. If you put him in dangerous areas, probably score goals for you. Um, but again, he does play three-five-two. So you know, Sinclair has struggled from starting from a more central position. So we'll have to wait and see. But yeah. Like Solly says, the Deadwood might become alive. We'll just have to wait and see. I think he's he said, didn't he, that he likes to... Uh, I don't know if this was in the press conference. What the hell? It is recorded, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've just got a double George. 
What happened there? Sorry, gents. Um, Wi-Fi were being a bit funny, so turn my data on, turn my Wi-Fi off, and then everyone froze. Ah, no worries. Yeah, I don't know if he's said this in a press conference while he was at Plymouth or if he said it yesterday. Perhaps you can clarify, George, but said obviously talked about his shape and that the way he likes to play it is that he defends with a four and attacks with six. Obviously, it's been quite widely reported that he plays with a sitter in front of the back three. So that four, obviously including the keeper, it's a five. You know, whether whether or not Sinclair would fit more into that, I guess you're the man to go to for that, Oli. Um, I think the town I need to get ready because Ryan Lowe will be talking about sixes and number eights. Um, the town <laughs> might might not like that based on past experience. Um, pitch by any chance? No, not at all. Random fellas in my in my mentions when Alex Neal was talking <laughs> about number sixes. But um, yeah, I think most teams play with a four rest defence anyway, don't they? It doesn't really matter what what formation you play in. If you one fullback normally tucks in, if you play in the back four. Or you can play three and a one, or you can play three and a two. Depends how defensive you are. But yeah, just interested tactically anyway, because obviously what he's done with the centre mids at wing back, what he's done with the attackers on the wing. Um, I think he only has like four defensive players in his 11. Um, whereas Frankie at times probably had up to seven. So it should just be, you know, a lot more free flowing. And the numbers that I've got in front of me do actually reflect that. They're very good at attacking. And they're below average defensively in League One, um, which might or might not come as a surprise to people, but not the best defensively. So at least we might open up a bit, create, and then obviously you don't want to concede chances, but probably worth opening up just for a bit of entertainment at deep because I think we're all sick of one shot on target per game. Yeah, I noticed that they were the second worst in terms of goals conceded last year in League One. They conceded 80. There was only Swindon that conceded more than them last year. But I think they're about they're in the top ten in terms of scorers. Um, obviously, I've not really had a chance to look at the underlying numbers and like XG etc. and like chance creation. But obviously, they're going to be up there in terms of obviously if they're scoring plenty of chances in terms of the style of play. What I would say and a question probably for you, Ollie. What would they like defensively in terms of quality, Plymouth? Because obviously, you listen a lot more than 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 most people. So in terms of like their three centre-halves, are they actually any good or is that part of the reason why they were conceding so many chances? I think the major point is how high to get the wing-backs. Um, the wide centre-backs have a lot of distance to cover, but the, Brendan Galloway, predominantly a left-back, has been basically his left centre-back for a long time. A um, bit more defensive on the right side, but I think for XG conceded, I think they concede about one XG from open play per game, which puts them 17th in League One. Um, defensively on set pieces not great either but I've heard Mike Marsh's uh, set piece specialist kind of thing I've read Ollie Dole's piece today so maybe in that respect might improve because obviously we've conceded quite a few from set pieces in recent weeks um, but yeah I've only seen three or four games um, this season of Plymouth but just very interesting dynamics in terms of tactically what they do with the wing backs tucking in or getting wide and obviously, centre-backs not don't really overlap, but they do get into the opposition half, um, which is a lot better than having a back five sit there and Amir is trying to do something by himself. So, probably benefit Josh Earl, because I don't think he's great in isolated situations. Um, doesn't really have 1v1 quality, but if he's got more, more runners around him. I was watching a game today, the left wing back, left centre mid, left centre back, 
and one of the strikers sort of create a diamond on the wide in the wide areas. Quite a lot of teams do it. Um, so a lot more attacking support, I'd say, than what, what we have been getting. But obviously it does leave you exposed at the other end. Whether we'll see Andrew Hughes, probably quite a good fit, quite mobile as a centre-back as it is, being a former full-back. I know someone called him a crab the other day, but I think he's actually done all right. And I think it will suit Sepp on the other side as well. So as centre-backs go, you'd probably say them two are quite mobile to play in the wide areas and then you probably have Bauer sweeping up at the back. Um, and then regards to wing-back, it'd be quite interesting to see the profile that he picks there. Obviously, Johnson's not been getting in the team. Maybe Alan Brown goes back out there. Quite a big fan of it myself. Um, makes perfect sense to me. Full-backs and centre-mids, I've always thought, are the same player. Um, so we'll have to see. A lot more tactical interest, I'd say, than what we've been seeing anyway. What with with Ryan Lowe coming in, and from what you've all sort of seen and read and heard about him, are there any players in particular that you think might benefit from um, from Ryan Lowe coming in? Obviously, there's other, others in this call that are better tactically than me talking that sort of stuff. But Ledson's been out of the team recently. I imagine the two of them will hit it off, and you know. He'll, he'll give Ryan Lowe everything he wants, maybe a bit erratic at times, but in terms of sort of work rate and sort of aggression and that, I, I can see him featuring a bit more regularly. I read something about his teams have a sort of deep line playmaker, so Whiteman probably ticks that box. I imagine DJ will be someone he likes. Um, obviously been a regular for years, but found himself on the bench of late. Um, and I'm interested to see if Evans is sort of going to fit into it. Not sure what Plymouth's front two were like. Don't really be don't, interested don't really, to hear. Yeah, don't really play with that sort of striker at the minute. Uh, yeah. Play with Hardy and Jeff Cott, who's obviously, and also Niall Ennis. Um, mm. So don't really play with a sort of a static focal point. No. Um, but yeah, be inter- at least it's a decent option if he wants to go more direct. But I think they play third or fourth most open play passes in League One as well. So I think they play about 400 passes per game from open play. Right. Um, well, do you his front, front two will be then? I think it'll That's be Reese Maguire maybe to start. Yeah. Uh, sort of s- similar combinations to what he's been using there. But he'll, he'll make his own mind up on the training ground, won't he? I think the, uh, the average goalkeeper pass is the fourth lowest in League One as well. So I reckon we'll be a lot shorter playing out from the back. Um, the average length of goalkeeper pass. Um, so it depends how comfortable the players are playing because Alex Neil didn't yeah. really play from the back that much, did he? And obviously Frankie hasn't. So that'll be another interesting one. I'd love to see him rejuvenate Barky. You know, he's spoken about how how um, bored he's been of late, Barky. I'd love Lowe to come in and just instill a bit of confidence into him because he looks a little... We know he's one of them players. He's a he's a player where if he scores, he can go on a run. He's one of their mini Barky. You know, just a little bit of confidence in him. I just hope Ryan Lowe is able to instill that into him because, you know, we've got a a really good player for the championship. There, we haven't necessarily come across it all that much recently. But you know, if you can rejuvenate Barky, then you've got a hell of a player on your hands. If you can rejuvenate Barky, you might just keep him at the club for. Longer as well, but obviously. I was going to say that. It makes the contract situation really interesting with likes of Bauer, Barkey, Sinclair, 
you know, uh, there's a couple of others I know that are out of contracts in the summer. So a new man coming in, he might have a completely different perspective in terms of some of these players compared to what they were, right, in terms of under Frankie. You know, Josh Harrop's another one. You know, like what actually happens with Josh Harrop? Is, is he still, is he going to go in January, you know, to go and try and rejuvenate his career somewhere? Or is Ryan Lowe going to be able to get something out of him that, you know, Frankie couldn't, Alex Neal probably couldn't towards the end either because he was in and out of the team. You now, will this knee injury suddenly disappear now Ryan Lowe's at the club? You know, so I think <laughs> it, it's it's just like a great opportunity for a lot, of, a lot of these lads to come in and actually make an impact, you know, and I suppose they are playing for their futures really because if, like you said before, I think George said it, if, like, if they aren't up to the up to the standard, they're not pulling the weight in training at Exton, you can be out the door very quickly, you know, and I don't think we've had a, a ruthless person like that in charge for quite a while, you know, probably Billy really, Wesley maybe, Wesley just didn't give a shit, did he? Just like, if they didn't, you know, he just bombed him off, go, go and train in Mossendale with the gym, right, and see you later. I think it's, we, we probably needed this a little bit of a, a reset in terms of a manager. I know the head coach experiment didn't work, so let's let's see where we go. Yeah, I think it's just... Just on that, sorry, Ellie. do you read too much into that? Because Peter said to me and George that titles don't really mean much to... Like people's but job roles. Like, do you think, in terms of the day to day, there's actually going to be much different between what Frankie was doing and what Ryan's going to be doing? Maybe not, but I think as a manager of a football club, your, your title's probably got a lot more um, meaning to it than just a head coach, where you're just coaching a football team to try and get results. I think, yeah. you know, Ryan Lowe's here now to rejuvenate the club, you know, and it's managing the football club. It's not just like, you know, taking trainers and he's here to, to get everybody back on side, including us. And I think that's really key, you know, because I'm pretty sure if Ryan Lowe says jump, someone's going to say how high and that's going to be the nature of Exton now. It's not just going to be a free-for-all. Yeah, I think Risdale, uh, just on the manager head coach thing, uh, he said uh, that McAvoy was a coach, so we just elevated him up to the head coach. That's the way that he described it. But, that's not really the case, was it? Because we were always changing direction, weren't we? After Neil, that was the that was the general murmurs and rumours that were doing the rounds. So I'm I'm not sure. I think I think Ryan Lowe would have wanted to come in and and said, "Look, I'm the manager. Leave the stuff in terms of on the pitch to me. You just get on with doing what you've done, which is a good job." Recently, to be fair, he deserves a lot of credit for that and for getting Lowe in. Uh, so yeah. I think there should have been a clean break when Alex Neal left. And it, it just wasn't a clean break, was it? With Frankie staying in charge, it was sort of a continuation. I, I think he got the, I don't really think he ever got the fans fully on side. I was obviously. Let's a, not forget, he did himself no favours with his pokes and his jibes at the fans after the odd win here and there. Yeah, yeah that was probably the pressure. But I, I, I just think there should have been a clean break in March. I didn't see any benefit in, you know. Let's be honest, I don't think Frankie McAvoy is a better football coach than Alex Neal long-term, so I didn't see any benefit in that. Um, so we've got a clean break now, and it's obviously it's the first freshness we've had in the club for over four years, as we said. So for some well, of the yeah. players like Barkey, like Sinclair, it might actually give them a bit of impetus as well. Just on yeah. the last four years, Frankie McAvoy's statement has been released by the LMA, if it's worth, you think it's worth reading that out on here? I think to be fair to him, it's it's a very classy statement. You yeah. know, I, I think I'll, it, I'll, re- it, I'll read it out for anyone that might not have seen it. So Frankie said, 
For the past four and a half years, I've had a fantastic time at Preston North End FC, which unfortunately has now come to an end. Being offered the role as head coach at the end of last season, after the team did so well in the final eight games of the championship, was an honour and a privilege for my family and myself, and an opportunity that I could not turn down. I am truly grateful to the late Mr Trevor Hemmings, Peter Ridsdale and the Hemmings family for giving me the opportunity at this wonderful football club. I leave the club with great memories, from both my roles as first team coach to Alex Neal and recently as head coach. I have loved working with the backroom team and the players on a daily basis, and I would like to thank them for their effort, commitment and support during my tenure as head coach. It is greatly appreciated. My thanks also go to the fans, who who always supported the team and me during the 33 games I was in charge. I wish the team all the best against Barnsley on Saturday and beyond, and I am confident that they will be successful under my successor, Ryan Lowe, as the team spirit in the dressing room is fantastic. Finally, I would th- I would like to thank every member of staff at Deepdale, our training ground at Exton, and our academy at Springfields, as well as the young full-time academy players I had the privilege of working with. Goodbye and best wishes, PNE. Yeah, That's not bad, is it? That is great, that. I don't think um, Alex Neal did one, did he? don't remember ever seeing it. No, no I, don't I don't think so. It's come via the LMA, hasn't it? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Most managers do them. Yeah. Um, classy, classy end to his tenure, I think. Yeah. I think it's worth worth noting what you mentioned there about having good times, not just when he was head coach. Like, I wouldn't like, like history just to recall him as, as the head coach. He wasn't, he, he was out of his depth. You know, we had some good times with him and, and Neil at the club. So, you know, uh, and he's given like a decent chunk of his career to us, not just as head coach, but uh, but but as a number two as well. So, yeah, that's really classy, you know. And and I can't imagine any North End supporter wishing him uh, any bad wishes. Mm. I think it means he'll always sort of be respected if he's ever around the club again. It just ends on a a nicer note um, than turning more hostile or anything. Um, Duffy, you can question the job he did in them eight games because we were heading in a we were in a pretty bad place and heading one way. I don't think we'd have gone down, but I mean he, the record in them eight games was very good and on reflection it was probably after them eight games to get somebody else, but club decided to to go for him and obviously didn't work out. But yeah, can't argue with that statement, can you really? Ollie? But he did do a no, to be fair to him, he, you can only win the, the games put in front of you. And he did win five out of eight, but in a way, I think that was the worst thing that could have happened for the club. But he was offered the job. He's never going to turn it down, is he? So fair play to him. Mm. Lovely, yeah, little, just... lovely, lovely, lovely statement there. Quite interested mm. to see what happens with him next. Obviously, rumours about his and Alex Neal's relationship. Wherever Alex Neal ends up, be interesting to see if Frankie turns up there or not. We'll not speculate on those rumours. But what I, I just want to go back to, obviously we talked about the players that are looking at potentially renewing the contracts. Is there any sort of any any feeling in that that you think the club might have looked at and thought mm, if we keep Frank here any longer, there might be one or two players that are holding off signing a contract if he's going to be here for the full season? You think that might have played a part in the decision making? No, Ollie will know more than anyone, but football's a very selfish industry where people are going to focus on their best interests. I don't think it really matters who the head coach would would have been for these guys that are going to sign or not sign a contract. Yeah. It, um, uh, I also reckon that that Risdale's not looking at not not looking at people who might go elsewhere. Uh, I just think he's looking at results on the field, how we can improve North End 
get them higher up in the pitch and that's ultimately by the place in the head coach or manager, whatever you want to call it. So I wouldn't have thought he's got rid of McAvoy because he didn't think Barkey had signed a contract, no. But something I want to add about Ryan Lowe is obviously he was working under a director of football, weren't he, at Plymouth? And they were using Market Insights a lot for their sort of recruitment consultancy work. So obviously we've already got James Beat at the club in terms of a recruitment analyst. And obviously Peter's pretty much acting as director of football, isn't it? So interesting that he's already worked under that structure before. Because obviously Frankie hadn't, you know, I don't... Had Alex Neal worked under one at Norwich? Yeah. forgot his name. Um, is he the guy that did the High Performance podcast? No. Stuart Webber came in after Alex left, didn't Stuart he? Webber. Right, okay. Yeah, he was he was very good, Stuart Webber. But um, it's good that he's worked under that structure before because obviously they'll be able to come to a collective agreement as such to um, find the transfer targets. Because I think... I just think it's going to be a busy January, to be fair. You know, in terms, of, especially in terms of outgoings, because I think Ryan Lowe will be better connected in terms of trying to get rid of some of these players as well. He'll have more contacts with the United Two and in the National League, so he'll be able to try and tout these players out, so to speak. You know, and use his network to hopefully try and get rid of a few of the players that are unwanted. I think January is quite a good opportunity to streamline the team to try and get it towards what he wants and then obviously in summer he can you know wheel and deal a bit more easily so to speak so I think January we'll probably see like we've seen in the last few years a lot of loan exits um, I don't think clubs are really in a position to pay for players at the minute especially likes of Harrop you know you might see the likes of Hunts and Rafferty go out on loan to see out the contracts whatever but I think um, just be a case of streamlining it and then obviously we're not going to go down Um and then who knows what can happen. But I think in summer, he's, he'll have a very good idea of what he wants and hopefully it'll be easier to get a few in. There was a quote from him that I loved on uh, Tuesday. He was like, well, there was one about not having no yes men. Like everyone, you're here doing your jobs, do your job title, impress me, um, excite me as much as the players, which I just thought was a bit like that sort of Stuart Webber type of attitude. Um, but he also said that if he leaves someone out of the team, the first per- he's there the first person he's looking at when they come in the next day to training. You know, are you sulking or whatever? Um, he also spoke about looking players in the... He was happy that every player looked him in the eye when he when he first met him. So it, it's just he's just a fascinating person, I think. Um, obviously, he's only playing four years ago, so he'll, he'll know how football's changed um, of late as well. He played against a few of the lads as well. And he's yeah. maybe in his official... Club video, he did, yeah. Probably did. Galley Hunt, Hunts, sort of. Yeah, maybe. I did think at the time. I can't, can't think there's too many that he's played against. It's just the gripping sort. Of, the way he speaks is just, you know, you, you're you're hooked, aren't you? As soon as he starts talking, and that's going to be the same for the players because they're all similar age to us a lot. And just think it'll be such a breath of fresh air, sort of up the intensity and, and energy. Yeah, when. Uh, Alex Neal was trying to get transfers over the line. They always spoke about how impressed they were with the, with him. And I think it'll be pretty much the same with Law. I think people will just want to come and work with him. I just think he's... I just reckon North End at the moment would be a really good environment to go into work every day. And that's and that's exciting. It's what you want, isn't it? And he said that himself, didn't he? He said the players are going to love coming into training. They're going to love the sessions that will put on for them. And, you know, as a fan, it it does nothing but give you a bit of confidence that, do you know what, there's good people in charge at this football club and it 
it's hopefully only heading in one direction. Setting ourselves up to go and get pumped 4-0 on Saturday here, aren't we? <laughs> George, will you lift your thing up? Nightmare. Absolute Keep nightmare, George. Keep I've rubbing. got my phone. Oh, sorry. I just hear something rubbing. Yeah, I think my final point before we wrap up, there's been obviously a lot of excitement and rightly so about the appointment. Do you think it needs to be toned back a bit? Do you think sort of the, the fans need to realise that the manager's going to need time? He's probably going to need one or two windows to start to make his to stamp his mark on the squad, so to speak, and and to get his style of play across. Or do you think it's going to be more of a we can we can maybe expect not instant results, but expect to see sort of a faster return. Don't get what you mean, but when he said in the press conference the shackles are off, you know the players. I think that gives us all um, a bit of optimism. Yeah, he, he has sort of got a free hit this season, hasn't he? This season is now a free hit, pretty much. If he can, we'll stay up. Uh, you know, I'm pretty confident of that. But it's the performances and the style of play that you know these last 25 games of the season he's got to play with. You know, nothing's off the cards, is it really? You know, it's the championship. You can put a run together, and all of a sudden, you're top ten, and you're thinking, "Oh bloody hell!" You know, and confidence is high. You know, you, you, lads are buzzing going into training again, and you, you just never know. Um, obviously, it can work the other way as well, where people start dreading going into training, but if they do, I think they'll be out, out the door very quickly. So, you know, I, I, yeah, you've got to sort of temper expectations in the fact that you know he's stepping up the league. It's a, it's a different environment for him. It's players he's not worked with yet, but end of the day, all the positive signs are there in terms of the, the fact that he should hopefully do, have a positive impact on the football club and you know get these players to be performing at their abilities that we're pretty confident they've got within them because it like it's a, a loads of times this season. I think there's good quality in the squad. We just needed someone to be able to get the best out of them more than anything. Yeah, I think the way he plays will actually suit the midfield as well. And the midfielders will probably enjoy playing under him. Um, in terms of pressing, they're only 17th for passes per defensive action in League One. But I think in terms of actual pressures, the fifth and counter pressures, the second. So they don't really press that much in the opponent half as much as probably Alex Neal, but the midfield will be right at it in terms of being combative, which I think really suits Brown, McCann and Ledson. Maybe not Whiteman as much, but so I think someone said before, Ledson might be back in the fray. I think it'll probably suit Ledson. Um, I think the fans will enjoy it as well because we just want to see a bit more energy, intensity, attacking football. And I think the fact he's mentioned the fans two or three times already as well. He obviously knows, and I think Peter might have mentioned it as well, that they need to get the fans back on side. Um, and we've not really played attacking football in consistent spells for years, especially after COVID and how boring the last 12 months has been. I think the fans will be on side very quickly and like, like Jimmy said, it is a free hit this season. So as long as the football is entertaining, players are working for the shirt again. Not got nothing to lose really as it this season. No, he just needs to try and include as many midfield players uh, as he can essentially because that's our strongest um, string to our bow ultimately. So I think we might see a little bit of experimentation who he wants in the squad. Um, players like your Harrops may come back into the fold, but yeah. I'm looking forward to Saturday. Can't wait. Where do you see Josh Murphy fitting in when he's fit? 
I'd say wing back, based on what mm-hmm. I've seen. Yeah, I think he's probably a winger, isn't he? So if he likes to play with wingers as wing backs, then that's probably going to be the position he's going to be playing in. Um, I don't know if there's a break clause in January for it because yeah, if I was Josh maybe say- does he really if he doesn't really fit into the system, he, he might be injured. You don't know how long term the injury is. Came here knowing Frankie, you know, from his days at Norwich, might not work out. It might be a case where we just rip up the loan contracts and get someone else in because we've it- got someone taking up a a spot at the minute, aren't we? Is it a season-long loan, George? Yeah, I think so. You've got Wickham as well. I know he's not won't be on much money, but if Murphy don't work out, that could be obviously Wickham not in this 25-man squad at the minute, but could clear two spaces there for new faces. Obviously, want it to work out for Murphy. I think he's a decent player and hopefully he can, but don't know how bad that injury is or if he'll fit in or whatnot. So, an option. We just haven't seen enough of him, have we? That's the no. thing. Like this this season, it's you know his minutes wise. I mean, he's played seventy seven minutes across seven games, so averaging eleven minutes in a parent. It's like, well, can't really make a judgment on someone that's not even started a football a game for the club in the league. It's it's very difficult. So that, that it, smacks it, me as one of them signings that just came available on deadline day, and we thought, yeah, fuck it, why not? But he never fitted into the system anyway. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It, it, it was a strange this. It was a strange signing, but I think he would he would fit into Ryan Lowe's wing back approach more than he did Frankie's. It was strange. It's not even the strangest one this season. That's Connor Wickham. It made even less sense then than it does now. I think because it was always <laughs> going to happen. So anyway, not a fan of Connor Adam. I've got no problem whatsoever with Connor Wickham <laughs> at all. I'd. I'm just absolutely perplexed. This could be a, a running thing on the pod. You two just having little pops at each other. Yeah, quite, what's wrong with him? Quite enjoying it, to be fair. Oh, <laughs> I'll wait for the uh, for the for the boxing bout in the Guild Hall next summer. <laughs> That'll be tremendous. Oh. <laughs> Adam hey. chose to embarrass me instead in front of 270 people overnight. So <laughs> no one cares, George. Let it go, George. At least you weren't called a crab. Yeah, yeah true. You press record, Jake, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> Talking about the other night, space. I think the worst point was when... Jake, the worst point about that space is when, was when you thought, oh, you know what, I'm going to let a Blackburn fan into the discussion. Yeah, like, Are you taking a mick? I'm like... <laughs> It's like everybody, everybody knew what was about to come. To be fair, you. I did caveat it. So what did he like, say, I'm, by the way? I'm, I'm well, he just started chatting about he Mowbray, didn't he? Idiot. <laughs> Ridiculous. I did, I did caveat it and say I'm well aware of what could happen, but you know, I like to think I'm a, oh, well. a trusting guy. Give people a chance. I think the highlight for everyone was the um, lack of still hitch. Still hitch, not turning up. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, and then when the big G came on, that was a special <laughs> night. Well, so, no, it was a really enjoyable night. We should do it more often. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Superb. It'll be tricky to do post match, obviously, when uh, George and Ryan are drinking a glass of wine, talking football after a game. Oh, wow. Got me excited there. <laughs> do it I, don't a wine, I don't know if he's a wine man, though. No, he strikes me as more of a beer man. Pack of four from the train station. Straight home. Are you looking forward to the presser tomorrow? I am, to be fair. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. won't it? Um, looking forward to whatever player it was as well, just sort of see what they're thinking and the vibe you get from them and the squad. So 
and the whole place, to be fair. Always interesting to see how a manager is about injuries because Frankie kept saying all Sunday was two weeks away and that was about four months. So be interested just, to see just how open he is. Obviously, all managers play the cards a bit differently. I think Alex was quite similar, wasn't he? He kept his cards close to his chest when it came to injuries. Did Simon not as well? Extremely. Um, can't remember. Can't remember too many big injuries um, under Grayson, to be fair. I was a Garner, but we got told about that. Um, Callum Woods was always injured. Yeah. Yeah. We pretty much fielded the same 11 every week, didn't we? In League One. Yeah, bit mad that, isn't it? Just kept kept such a consistent team so long. I can't believe I, I can't believe Grayson's a career after taking us up. It literally couldn't have plummeted any worse. I don't think. <laughs> Ridiculous. Has he just been sat by Fleetwood? Has he? Yeah. 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 Potted. He went. He went to a couple of basket cases on the trot, and then he went to <laughs> Bundland, and then to Bradford, and then Blackpool were also a basket case at the time. Um, and then where did he go? Was it Fleetwood directly after that? I think it was Fleetwood after yeah. Blackpool, so. wasn't it? It was linked yeah. with Wigan, weren't he? When they were about to go bust, um, but he never went. I suspect it'll be linked with everyone in the northwest. Until he'll, the be at, he'll be at Tranmere in twelve months. <laughs> to Avery more. What's his name? That guy who got sacked from me, Ronnie. Was it <laughs> Ronnie Moore? Ronnie Moore. Ronnie Moore. Yeah. Was he not disgraced? But he'll be back at Tramie in no time. I'm pretty sure Ronnie Moore's passed his sell-by date now. But yeah, George. For a minute, George has gone past his sell-by date. George has disappeared. Fifth time tonight. Strange boy, you know that George. <laughs> Here he is, back, back again. Don't mind, but Lance Liver. It's paying in the big bucks and his Wi-Fi's appalling. <laughs> I mean, Jake's is exemplary and George is dreadful. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, do not call mine exemplary, but yeah, mm. if you're listening, boss. No. <laughs> sort it out. Still um, not pay for my app. Never mind. Yeah, yeah never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, boys, unless you've got anything else you want to say, any final points, then um, I'll, I'll move on to my little chat with uh, our friend friend of the pod yeah we'll call him a friend of the pod uh, matt the the peony and argyle fan um, you've only met him once you met him on spaces and that's it yeah he's a friend, of the, friend of the pod <laughs> nice we're all friends we're all friends a friend of the pod uh blackburn blackburn fan can get fucked yeah so unless you've got any final points boys or anything you want to say then uh we can we can wrap that up there i think everyone ought to go and get a ticket for saturday if you haven't already and back the boys because when Ryan Lowe comes out the tunnel for that, for that initial sort of um, reception it's going to be special there's going to be there's going to be goosebumps around I'm looking forward to it it's been a while hasn't it since we've been able to welcome a new man I'll be watching and I follow can't wait mm. very excited you'll know about Adam soon when he's when he's on the pitch at the den I'm quite looking forward Running, running over to him. No, we're in top tier there, mate. There's no. How many times on this podcast has George <laughs> no, no, pitch and yet again he's got his logistics <laughs> wrong again? have <laughs> not been on the pitch. Well, that's up in the gods, and as his Millwall, ridiculous. <laughs> at least if you're going to come out with something like that, at least make it believable. Ridiculous. Unfortunately, I can't go to Millwall, but that's a different story altogether. What? <laughs> what the Christmas do? 
I know. Mm-hmm. I've had an absolute nightmare with North End this season. Uh, but I've got a <laughs> wedding, so, I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. Are you not going Just... to, uh, to ask for the cricket? <laughs> no, the borders are well and truly shut. They've battened down the hatches. Is that the same? Yeah, 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 that is the same. It's a bit like Frankie Ball. (laughs) (laughs) On that note. I think, yeah, on that note, we can call that uh, a pod, boys. Thank you very much. Looking forward to quiz night. Yes. Should be interesting, sat around my kitchen table. I'm looking forward to quiz night as well. I've got a couple of surprises lined up. Can't wait. Are you going to offer some context to the listeners about this quiz night or not? Are you just going to leave it? No, we're just, we're just going to um, rock up to Jake's house, cause a bit of chaos, stroke his cats, and um, do, <laughs> well, do a quiz doing a quiz that we're going to record. <laughs> do I not even know about these surprises, Jim? <laughs> no, you've not a clue. Oh. And even worse, how do your cats? <laughs> 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 I will caveat it and just say my missus will be in, so you'll have to be on somewhat decent behaviour. What's this caveat job? Have you have you learnt this word this week? You've come out with it. I just, <laughs> I just, I just say it quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway, yeah. what an episode! That's what's the title week, of this it? episode, Jake? What's the title of this episode? Mm. Um, it's got to be Dead Wood coming back to life or whatever. Alive would. Yeah. Jim I can I can hear the cogs whirring in Jimmy's head already. What do you mean? Don't know what you're about. <laughs> I, all I keep thinking is um of George's little video yesterday that just caused chaos when he won the internet for an hour with his uh with his little music snippet. Yeah. Apple bottom jeans. Yeah, that crap me up. Is it become <laughs> is it Michael Apples? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. fair play to ever said that. It tickled me. <laughs> yeah. Right. On that note, boys, we can uh, we can end the pod there. Thank you very much for your time, and thank you, listener, for listening to episode nineteen of the podcast. Yeah, as I say all the time, if you want support from the Finney, head over to supporter.acast.com forward slash from the Finney, and if you are listening on an Apple device, specifically on Apple Podcasts, then do appreciate if you could leave us a, a five star review. And if you want to slag us off in the comments, that's absolutely fine. Stick with us as I'm about to talk to Matt, who is a Peony and Argyle fan, about Ryan Lowe's appointment at the club. Hi, Matt. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this, and good to have you on the podcast. I guess first and foremost, the the first question that is probably on a lot of Peony fans' minds is, what can we expect from Ryan Lowe as a manager in terms of his style of play, the way that he sets his team up? Um, you know what? What can we expect to see from him on on a Saturday afternoon and on a midweek evening? Yeah, cheers for having me on. I think starting with the formation, he'll stick with the three-five-two that he's used at Argyle. Obviously, the same as McAvoy, but you'll quickly see that the way that that three-five-two gets used is completely different under low than the McAvoy. I mean, for starters, we always played out from the back at Argyle from every single goal kick. You know, a defender drops short, and we went from there. Expect a lot of crosses as well. That was a that was a big part of, I think, our success this season. Getting balls in the box from the wing backs. So like the likes of Barkays and Earl, a lot's going to be demanded of them. And I don't think this season we've seen much creativity come from the wing backs. But 
that's a huge part of Lowe's system. So I think expect that to change very quickly. And I think also with the midfield, the midfield's going to be huge in this team because he likes having a pivot that just sits in front of the defence. And I have a feeling that pivot's going to be Whiteman. So I think Whiteman's got a huge role to play because he loves someone just sitting there and taking a pass like with his back to goal from the centre-backs and spraying balls out to the wing-backs and strikers. So I think Whiteman's got a huge role to play in the new low system. But, I mean, I was looking at his stats earlier and in 103 games at Argyle, we averaged 2.8 goals a game. Now, I didn't see the McAvoy stats, but I expect that's a lot higher than uh, the average goals under McAvoy. So if you're a North End fan, I think you've got a lot to be excited about because we're going to be seeing exciting, fast football, plenty of crosses getting into that box to, you know, your Reese's and your Maguire's. Um, we may well be more open at the back. That is something that happened a lot at Argyle under Lowe, but, but Lowe's philosophy ever since he was at Berry is I want to score more goals than the opposition. Like that, that was just his way. Whether it was 4-3, whether it was 2-1, he doesn't care. So I think it's very exciting times to be a North End fan at the moment. Mention the the wing-backs and how Lowe likes to to utilise them. There's been a few people on social media saying that the the likes of maybe Alan Brown, Tom Barkay's in. I think someone even suggested Josh Harrop on the opposite side would, would get used at wing-back. Is that something that, that Lowe's done, sort of look to convert players in other positions to wing-backs in his time at Plymouth? Yeah, the wing-back conversion is definitely something he's not afraid to do. You know, when he first came to Argyle, we had six or seven central midfielders that were all perfectly capable of starting for us. But, you know, obviously they're fighting for three spots. And George Cooper, Connor Grant and Joe Edwards got moved out to left wing back and right wing back, respectively. And all three of them now are absolutely brilliant uh, wing backs, with Grant and Edwards being two of the best wing backs in League One quite comfortably. So he's definitely not afraid to do that. And I think it's something that he will definitely try and implement with Alan Brown, I can see. And I was going to disregard Josh Harrop, but thinking about it, when we signed George Cooper, he was like a he was an attacking midfielder, almost like a number 10. But he couldn't get a start ahead of Danny Mayer. And he moved him out to wing back. And like he was then known as the assist king at Argyle. You know? So these players, you know, your Harrops, your, your Alan Browns, I think they've got a big future under this system at wing back, potentially. It's going to be interesting to see how they develop. Just talking on sort of like player development, does Ryan Lowe have a youth policy as such? Is he, is he one to give youth an opportunity? Obviously, it's something that North End fans have been crying out for recently. And we've got the likes of Joe Rodwell Grant and Adam O'Reilly and Jack Baxter. You know, a few lads that have been here for quite a while, but haven't really ever been given a, a run in the side. Is that something that Lowe would look to sort of to do, really, you know, to bring through the youth if, if he sees that they're good enough or give them a run in the cup and, and try and get them in and around the first team where he sees fit? Um, I, I don't think he has a youth policy in particular at all. It's I don't think it's a case of forcing them in almost. It's about whether they're good enough and... I think the main success of his time at Argyle has probably been Jeff Cott. You know, he loaned him out to Truro as a 18-year-old, 19-year-old. And he scored about 15 goals in 10 games there. He loans him back. He recalls him in January, I mean. 
and he started him immediately away at Scunthorpe. And I just remember Argyle fans that day on Twitter, like saying, you know, Lowe doesn't have a clue what he's doing. Why is he starting Jeff Cott? This and that. And Jeff Cott scored twice that day. And he's not looked back since, you know, scoring 17 goals in all comps last season. And suddenly he's gone from being a true Roloney to someone who were fighting off Huddersfield and Notts Forest for, for about three mil. So Lowe knows what he's doing. He's not really, if you look at Argyle's team, there's not much youth in there. There's a couple on the bench, uh, Randall and Law, who were on loan at Torquay last season. And they both did really well. And he's not afraid to bring him off the bench or anything. So he does believe in the youth. But I think if we are to see, you know, the likes of Robwell Grant, Adam O'Reilly, Ethan Walker, those kind of players, I think the first thing they've got to do is be loaned out and, you know, really perform out there. Because I can't say, I think this is one of the, one thing I've noticed, you know, under McAvoy, he got quite a bit of stick about not giving the youth a chance. But I can't say I ever read about how, I could be wrong here, but like how Robwell Grant's tearing it up at Bamber Bridge or Ethan Walker's tearing it up at AFC Fylde. Yeah, I think that's a big part of whether they'll get a chance under low. They have to perform elsewhere first. Yeah, they're all fair enough points. And I suppose, you know, you look at the likes of Rodwell Grant, Ethan Walker, they've, well, I, I would argue anyway, I'm sure other fans would and some probably wouldn't. But I'd argue that they're, they're yet to show what they're, what they're made of on when they're out on loan. In terms of the end of last season for you lot, obviously you had a little bit of a blip. What what happened there? Um, why why did it why did it occur? Is it something that you think he's learned from? Um, how did he turn it around? Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the end of last season. Actually, I want because I wanted to talk a bit about it. You know, we picked up four points from our last thirteen games, and you know that that sackable form it was really really poor. You know, we lost six nil at home to Charlton. Uh, we were losing, you know, 3-1, 2-1 every week. And I think the issue was is that our three centre-backs, well, our four centre-backs available, they were all under the age of about 25. And there was just no backbone to any of them. And it was something that Lowe stressed towards the end of the season. He said, like, we are going to make changes because the defence just wasn't up to scratch at all. And over the summer, he got rid of all four defenders who were part of that team last season and he's brought in four defend four new defenders now all above the age of 25 and we've been one of the best defenses this season in league one so i think that shows that low is a quick learner he learned from his mistakes and it shows that he can adapt quite quickly i think it's also the end of last season is one of the reasons that Argyle fans are so bitter about Low leaving, because the owner, like, stuck by Low and believed in Low when a lot of managers may have clicked the panic button and sacked him, and I think that's that is one of the reasons why you're seeing such a bitterness from Argyle fans about it all. That answers what was going to be my next question then. So I guess something that's been sort of levelled Alex Neil and Frankie McAvoy in the past is that. They don't appear to have a plan B. Um, I mean, Frankie's recently seemed to be, if things weren't going his way, just chuck a few subs on, change the shape a bit and hope for the best. Is is that something that Ryan Lowe's maybe guilty of as well, um, not having a plan B? Or is he flexible? I know he's he's said in his sort of 
opening press conference with the club that he will make changes where he sees fit, depending on who we're playing. But is that something that you saw in your time when he was at Plymouth, or is he is he one that will stick by that formation as much as he can and almost not need a plan B? Yeah, I think he does fall into that category in terms of you know not having a plan B to a certain extent, because I do believe that you know if we go say a goal down or two goals down, he does make changes. It's just not in the form of obvious changes like formation. So he's got his three five two, which I'm fully expecting him to bring. And if we go one goal, two goals down, do not expect to see you know a switch to four at the back because I'm sure people would cry out for it, but that's just not his way. He'll stick with his three five two. What he will change is the tempo that we play at, and quite significantly, one of the things that he'll do that Neil and McAvoy haven't done in the past, I don't think, is make the right changes at the right time. I lost track of the amount of times this season where McAvoy has either not brought a player on early enough or just made the complete wrong change, in my opinion. Whereas at Argyle, I can't remember a time this season where Lowe's made a substitution and there's been groans or anyone's complained at the move. It always seems like he's made the right productive move to try and change something if we're a goal down. And you actually look at our record this season. In a lot of the games, we went on that 16-game unbeaten run. In a lot of those games, we went 1-0 down, but it was how we bounced back. So in terms of obvious changes, you won't see much, but it'll be more subtle changes like the style of play. So I do think he does have that flexibility to to change it up and have that plan B. My next question then is, are there any players at Plymouth that you think Lowe might be looking to come back in for and and maybe bring up to Preston? Um, Are there any that are ready for the championship and ready to make that step up? Yeah, (laughs) obviously there's going to be a bit of bias from me being an Argyle fan, but I think there's quite a few in that squad who would quite easily make the step up and slot right into Ryan Lowe's plans at North End. I think his top priority in January is going to be getting Panucci Kamara in. He's a centre-mid at Argyle, only about 22. He doesn't speak English that well. And I know that he had quite a close bond with Lowe at Argyle. And Lowe was quite a big factor in his surging performances over the last few months. And I'd seen in the last few weeks, he's been linked with Burnley and Barnsley. So I think he'd be quite a realistic target for Lowe. There's also Connor Grant, the left wing back who I mentioned earlier. You know, I, I think personally, he's a better wing back than Josh Earl. I get really frustrated watching Earl every time he gets into an attacking position. He seems to cut inside onto his right foot and either lose the ball or just play another sideways pass to Whiteman. And I think Connor Grant offers a lot more than that in terms of creativity and getting balls into the box for Reese and whoever may be alongside him. And then the only other one is Niall Ennis. Now, I know everyone talks about Jeff Cott up front, but you ask any Argyle fan last season who was our best striker, it's Niall Ennis. We got him from Wolves, and he's only small, but he's absolutely electric. He he just runs and runs for 90 minutes, and he's just come back from injury now. And I think he's someone who Lowe would like to partner Reese up front. I'd also like to say that I think this could spell the end of any Reese or Evans partnership up top. 
because from what I've seen at Argyle, low likes, a bit of a target man, and that was that was Jeff Cott for him, and I could see that being Reese now, alongside like a, a someone a bit smaller, but who's lightning fast and can make those runs in behind defenders, and Niall Ennis does that, and I think that 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 means that that could be the end of Reese and Ched, and potentially for now he might go Reese and Maguire with. Evans coming off the bench, maybe. And also, I don't know how many North End fans know this, but uh, Lowe is really good friends with Steven Gerrard. Um, over lockdown, he's been doing Zoom calls with Gareth Southgate. Uh, he did have a meeting arranged with Guardiola talk, just to talk to him about management, but that didn't happen because of COVID. Uh, he's spoken to Klopp before. Like, we've got a manager now who has a lot of friends in football, and these friends could end up helping us out somewhere along the line in terms of, you know, transfer windows with young players. I just think that this is a man who is going to get bums on seats at Deepdale and get people excited about football again. And we've we've not had that for two, three years now since that really good spell under Neil. But this is a man who knows exactly what he's doing. We just need to be patient with him. Because he's not going to turn it around immediately. Like, we've seen some of these performances this season. Like, the one that sticks out for me is Forrest away. We were absolutely dreadful there. And I think about that team. No matter who you are coming into a, a squad like this at the moment, you're not going to change things instantly. But with a bit of patience, I think Lowe can turn North End into a top 16 quite easily. You mentioned Panucci Kamara, and he's he's someone that I've heard a bit about recently, obviously since the since the links to Ryan Lowe. As as a North End fan, where do you see him, should he come to North End, where do you see him fitting into the midfield and, and who for? Because obviously it's probably, I'd say, top 10 midfield in the league and it, it's without doubt the strongest area of our squad. And a lot of fans would, you know, plus we've got Tom Bayliss out on loan, he's not really had a sniff whether or not that changes, who knows. But, a lot of North End fans would probably argue the point that a midfielder is the last position we need to be looking at in the window. Yeah, I completely agree. I think if Lowe did bring him, it wouldn't be because we're struggling in that position. It would be because of the potential that Kamara has and what an asset he could be for the club in the long term. I think in terms of, say he came in January, there's no guarantee that he'd be a regular starter because Lowe has always liked to have with the three central midfielders, one being the one who just sits in front of the back three and, you know, sprays the ball. And I, I think that'll be Whiteman. He likes one engine room, say, which has been Kamara all season, which I think will now be Ali McCann. And then he likes the other midfielder to be the sort of Danny Mayer that runs at defenders. And he's not he's not like that flair attacker. He's, he's the box-to-box. And I think that that number... That sort of Danny Mayer role could be taken up by either DJ. I personally think there's a future for Harrop at the club, definitely. I think Lowe's going to really like him. I think Harrop is that kind of run-at-defenders-esque kind of player. So if Kamara comes, there's there's no guarantees whether he starts, but I think it would be almost a rotation thing between him and McCann. But... I'm I'm just guessing at the moment, so I think we'd have to see. It's so difficult for any centre mid to come to North End at the moment with 
that being the one good thing about us at the moment, really. Yeah, it's the January window is going to be interesting, but I think you know Barnsley at home on Saturday, let's get a win and get a decent crowd back in Deepdale and, and get behind the lads. Um, my last question: you, you've obviously seen Ryan Low for the last two and a half years at, at the club, and I think the the outrage from Plymouth fans at the way that he's left perhaps indicates an answer to what I'm about to ask you, but. You know, there's reports of how great Ryan Lowe was off the pitch when he was at Berry, uh, with everything that was going off there, and how he went out of his way to help players, the families, the staff, kit men, whatever else. How was he at Plymouth off the pitch as as a as a person? You know, because I think early days, obviously, but we've seen already how he, he's in the press conference. He's looked right down the camera and he feels like he's talking to you and he said come down to Deepdale, come and support the team come and support the boys and I get a feeling that he's going to be great from an off the pitch point of view as well is that how he was at Plymouth? Yeah that's exactly how he was at Plymouth he was one of them that just you instantly warmed to and you believe he could tell you that your auntie's your uncle and you believe him like he just has this way with you where you just you listen to every word he says and I know a few Argyle fans had noticed that in the interview he gave at North End, it was almost a carbon copy of when he joined us. Well, I say us, I mean Plymouth. But um, that's just his way. He's got he's got his beliefs on what he sets to sets out to do when he joins a club. He wants to get people into the ground that may have left over the past few years. That was the case at Argyle. And I think in our relegation season in League One under Derek Adams, we were getting just shy of 9,000 in, and at the moment, Argyle are selling out every week. So that that's the effect he's had at the club. You know, I remember being in Plymouth and like he's jogging across the seafront and people are going up and greeting him and stuff. He's just one of them that the people of Plymouth took to, and I think it'll be the same in Preston. Sounds great, and to be, to be honest, it sounds exactly like what the club needs. You know, we've been quite a fractured fan base going back to before COVID and to have someone at the helm of the club that can hopefully unite the fans, the players, the club. Um, just, yeah, there's nothing not to like about it really. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited and thank you very much for your time. Yeah, cheers for having me on. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the next few months pan out for both my teams, to be honest now. So I'll have to wait and see, I guess. But yeah, cheers.